Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where Catholic truth is always going to overcome moral relativism. I'm Father Peter DeGanzik. I'm really excited today because I have with me again, as I had had earlier with me, um, Randy Hockenberger, who is our Director of Evangelization here. And we had some time ago uh, started talking about what we wanted to do for Lent. And what we ended up doing is following this book called Be Healed by a Dr. Bob Schutz. But before we get into any of that, uh, let's just open up with a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, to call upon you now to send your Holy Spirit upon all those who hear these words right now. Fill their hearts with hope. Fill their hearts with care. Fill their hearts with the ability to grow in holiness, most especially through the power of your Holy Spirit. Heal them of all the wounds, the deep wounds, the wounds that we have suffered throughout this life, spiritual, physical, and emotional wounds. Help them to grow so that they may always, always grow ever closer to you who are Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So again, I'm kind of excited about this because this book turned out to be something I didn't expect. And I have to be honest with you all, Randy was the one who had suggested it at one of our staff meetings and she had been reading it. And I have to be honest, this, as soon as you told me that it was a Catholic psychologist, I was like, mm, I better read this before I'm going to do anything with this. Because, see, you're young and I'm not. And I lived through the 70s. And what happened in the 70s is there were so many priests who, instead of going to get advanced theological degrees, went and got social work degrees and psychology degrees and do all these other things. And at the heart of what has always been my passion, this whole thing of combating relativism, when you get into psychology or you water down theology with psychobabble, you get relativism. Because now it's all about tolerate and listen. And, and all of those things are worthwhile. But where is the Catholic in it? And so the very first thing I did after you suggested it, it sounded really good, is I got a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, what you have to do nowadays is you got to read it for yourself. And I have to say, as soon as I started reading it, I was totally hooked. Totally hooked. This man has a deep Catholic faith. He witnesses with his own reversion. He talks about miracles that have happened through his prayer, it blew my mind. It just blew my mind. And the fact that through his practice, he was able to identify like the seven um, wounds that he discovered to talk about the different things that it's about healing the whole person. Everything just struck me. And I know you've been working with this book a lot longer than I. So what do you think? Yeah, so a lot of what you have said. So I uh, discovered this book myself only about last year, actually, probably around the fall. I was looking for some sort of good Catholic resource that would be good at, uh, you know, helping me to do some self-examination. I myself am interested in going to some sort of a therapeutic route where I can professionally combine my Catholic faith with some sort of help in the world of therapy or spiritual direction for others. So this resource came through to me, and it was recommended also through um, Sister Miriam James Heidland, who does a lot of work and a lot of uh, speaking. She works very closely with Dr. Bob Shute, so it's a name I recognized. It's and a Sister Miriam is fantastic. Oh, she is. She's, I love listening to her. She is so great. Um, in fact, actually, her Abiding Together podcast right now for Lent, they're going through another one of Dr. Bob's books called Be Transformed, which uh, covers the healing power of the sacraments, a topic that he gets into in the later part of the Be Healed book, but obviously he's going to go at it more in depth in the Be Transformed book. He has a couple of other books that are out there, like Be Devoted, which are for married couples, 
And another book that he wrote uh, called Real Suffering that I'm actually diving into now, where he is expounding upon the redemptive nature of suffering. So just a lot of really good stuff, as you're saying, very well grounded in the Catholic faith, not your secular psychological take on things, but really he, Dr. Bob Schutz leads with the person of Jesus Christ in every aspect of how one is to be healed and how one is to go about understanding the wounds that have affected them. And I'm sure in his professional work, he teases out the things that are more spiritual versus psychological, but he's able to link them in a way that I think, as you were alluding to before, in the past people had tried to do, and it just ended up muddying the waters for the Catholic faith. Oh, it was terribly muddy. And one of the things, again, that was my reservation in the beginning. One of the things that I've always said um, that has been really damaging, if you will, to the Catholic faith is that we try to let the dialogue be the be-all and end-all. But when it comes to Catholic truth, the dialogue has to end at some point and we have to ascend. He is brilliant. I mean, now the, the beauty of all of this is we wanted to do something with, in Lent with it. And so the beauty of it is he's also got a companion edition with it now where he made up a 10-day retreat. So he already broke down the prayer services. And so it became so easy for us to adapt those prayer services. And we're going to do, we're doing six Monday nights. We've already done mm -hmm. two of them. We're doing six Monday nights here in the parish. And so far, widely uh, attended and everybody has been really impressed. And so my shout out to, to Dr. Bob Schutz. If you haven't seen his books, they're well worth the read. And I would definitely say anybody who has a chance, good Catholic especially, if you're carrying something, if you've got a burden deep within you that needs to be healed, you may find that he's the one. He, he's the one that's going to give you the direction. He can't do everything, but he can give you the direction as to where to find that healing. And so his work is broken down into different phases, and we're going to take the different phases. So we're going to do a couple of these actually over, over time. So the first phase, Randy? Yes, so that would be part one of the book, uh, Be Healed, which is Encountering Jesus. So the way that Dr. Bob breaks things down is first you have to have that encounter with Christ. You have to have him meet you and speak to those places in your heart where there is that brokenness. Uh, and Jesus is the one that teases it out of us even when we're trying to hide it from ourselves. So Dr. Bob spends the first four chapters of the book, the first part, talking about the different aspects of that. The first chapter is titled, Do You Want to Be Healed?, which is also the title of the companion book for this. Uh, and he uses the story of the paralytic by the pool of Bethesda in uh, in the Gospels about, that's the quote that Jesus said when he spoke to him, do you want to be healed? Which is a very telling thing because when you think about it, it, it like even Dr. Bob kind of says, it's almost like, duh, <laughs> like I'm paralyzed here. I'd really love, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that sometimes, you know, there is a barrier of fear that we have to get through um, in order to actually really have that encounter, which is kind of interesting because the fear is going to be the topic that we're going to be covering this upcoming Monday. Um, uh, just to rewind it for a second, uh, we had suggested that since there are six weeks of Lent and three parts in this book, that the best way to pace yourself if you're going through this book for Lent is to do a, about a part every two weeks. But of course, there's so much good stuff in there. So if you need to sit with a section a little longer than that, feel free to go through it at your own pace. That is absolutely okay. But what we're going to try to do is at the culmination of each two weeks, summarize a part of it in this podcast. And, and I'm telling you, the, the very first part I think is so critical. And I love Dr. Bob's story about when it clicked for him and he had that kind of an encounter where all of a sudden he realized 
that he himself needed a healing. Yeah, yeah, he, it does, I was impressed uh, with his openness and vulnerability. I mean, I know that he is a therapist by practice, but just to be able to hear from somebody who is a little older now, he has grandchildren of his own, be so candid about the parts of his life that, you know, these are the kinds of stories that you don't exactly pass around the dinner table. And for him to put them in a book, it, it's permission for us to do some soul searching and to go deeper and to admit that things aren't perfect and to be able to give those up to Jesus. So his very warm and accessible way of writing and his vulnerability in the pages is something that I think is also very attractive in terms of the book itself. I don't think most people would be comfortable giving the detail of his own life that he gives. I mean, they, his childhood and the things that he suffered in his childhood and um, his drifting from the faith and his getting into addictions and all of the different things and yet still being able to get a good job and eventually to become a good Catholic. And it just... It, and again, I think the reason why the book is the way it is is because it is the encounter with Jesus. I, I personally think one of the biggest problems that we have both in the world and in the church today is that nobody really wants to encounter Jesus. We like the idea of Jesus. We like to think about Jesus. But when it comes to a relationship with Jesus and actually having the encounter with him, I think that's the, that's the X factor as to why so many people carry such burden, such pain, such deep wounds. Oh yeah, amen to that. That is such a, a true statement uh, that, you know, Jesus is just, you know, like how people view God in general. It's just, okay, we'll put God up on the shelf over here. When I want something, when I need something, uh, then maybe I'll go and, and see if, you know, if God can deliver for me. But, I, you know, there's that arm's length thing. And Dr. Bob, he addresses that sort of in the book. He basically shows that that lack of trust in the person of Jesus Christ comes from a lot of these areas of woundedness. Um, the irony being that before you can actually address those wounds, you do have to develop that trust. So you have to, you know, find a community that is prayerful, that can help grow you in that faith. You have to be able to step outside of yourself and do some introspection. And it's a process too. You know, he talks and it unfolds in the throughout the book, but especially in those beginning chapters, different it, different times in his life where he's had encounters or moments. So you 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 get to this point and you think, okay, things are going good, and then something radical happens, and you're like, okay, no, it's not, and you unpack it, and then things are going deeper, and then okay, something else happens, and so I think that's also a very honest thing that we have to be patient with ourselves. And that God is there and, and waiting for us to be very open to him, but he's not going to rush us in the process, and he's giving us every reason to trust him. One of the things that I frequently do, especially like in, a, in, in uh, when I do spiritual direction, is I try to get a person to the point where, first off, they're encountering Jesus, but then hearing him say those words, do you want to be healed? And the follow-up question, what do you want healed? See, I think all too often we approach Jesus thinking he's just going to be like, the, you know, the magician that's going to wave the magic wand and whatever it is, which I really haven't identified, is just going to poof, disappear. And that's just not the case. And so I've always said in my own personal prayer, what am I actually asking Jesus to do? And I think Dr. Bob is kind of doing the same thing. Like, like he talked about that miracle with the young girl down in South America whose leg was, was mangled. And the real healing that needed to happen was forgiveness. Mm. And he talks, it so like she didn't even know what to ask for. She wanted her leg to be okay, but he 
through the power of the Holy Spirit working through him, recognized that it was a much deeper thing. And so what is it that needs to be healed? Well, a lot of times it's not the obvious. You know, so you're the blind person, you're the crippled by the pool of Bethesda, you're, you know, whatever the malady is that presents itself, well, maybe there's something else that we're not paying attention to. The scars from childhood wounds that we had, um, which he talks about his own childhood wounds and, and all these things. Healing those sometimes, I'd be happy with my physical malady because it, that, those spiritual wounds, those emotional wounds, enslave us. And they enslave us not like with shackles, you know, make us walk, you know, down the, the road and have to clean up the sides of the roads. And all. I'm talking about an enslavement to um, like a depression that we just mm. downtrodden, that we just we can't function. We can't get ourselves going. And it's all because I'm holding on to the anger. I'm holding on to the fear. I'm holding on to the hurt that was never healed. Yeah, no, it's that's. Well, and it's something that he covers very well in the topics. I mean, one with the other thing that was kind of coming out to me in the early chapters is he talks also about uh, the blind man and the healing of that. And he basically uncovers that. So the, the blind man is healed. Um, and then it, it, you think he thinks that that's what he wants. Okay, I just want to be able to see. But then the wound underneath that, he for so long was used to not being seen, used to being ignored and uncovering that fear of actually being seen and being able to, again, trust Jesus, knowing that if Jesus sees me, I shouldn't be afraid of this, but that the first reaction may in fact be to kind of slink back. And to, this is why during these healing processes, Jesus comes to us very gently, knowing exactly where that woundedness is so this way he can kind of little by little get us to trust him more and come to a place of wholeness. And I got to say, I think the, the hardest thing for anybody right now is the idea of trust, trusting Jesus, trusting his community, trusting his church. Even his church has got a big black eye these days. And a lot of people, I think, and for right and rightfully so, I can't fault people. There have been just too many things that have been so hurtful that the church herself needs a healing. But we can't run from that because without, without the church, there's no Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no Jesus Christ present to us for us to encounter. Um, maybe we should uh, actually preview a little bit too um, the other parts that are going to be coming up. What are we going to be talking about on the next episode? Sure, yeah. So the uh, second part of the book, let me just... Get it. Is, is called Facing Our Brokenness. It's going to take us through the uh, middle bit of chapters 5, 6, and 7. And this is where the book really gets to the meat and potatoes of what's going on. In fact, it is chapter 7 that uh, called The Anatomy of a Wound, where he's going to be breaking that down. And then the third part? Is uh, Healing Our Wounds, which is like what I alluded to before. He's going to be bringing up the sacraments, their role in hearing, I mean, sorry, healing, and the redemptive suffering that of that nature. So that idea that pain is informative, not necessarily something that we should be trying to do without. I'm super excited about it all because the book as a whole, first off, I say to anybody, it's a very easy read. He's got a very genuine style that if you can't, if you can't understand him, then, you know, you, you're, mis you're missing something because he's just an easy read. But the way it unfolds like that, just, you know, 
we do want to be healed and we do need to come to the sacraments to have that happen. And so I'm kind of psyched now for these next few weeks. We still have four more weeks worth of these uh, Monday nights. And so far, like I said, I'm witnessing my own miracles. I'm witnessing miracles around me. People that I would not have expected to see coming for healing. It's just a beautiful grace. And this is, you know, I always say this. This is one of the reasons why I love being a Catholic because it's things like this. I mean, when we were brainstorming, the one thing we all said is, but it should be before the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. And as I've been saying again and again and again, the Blessed Sacrament is a who, not a what. And if we're going to talk about encountering Jesus, the big first step, if we can't encounter him in the Blessed Sacrament, it's all for naught. Amen to that. Yeah, he's there, and it really is about Jesus. So for people who are uncomfortable, perhaps, with Jesus or less familiar with Jesus, maybe they've not had that much experience in adoration, maybe they don't even have much experience being involved with Christianity or Catholicism, we did design those evenings around them, so we built this kind of uh, pathway, if you will, to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament that would make him a little bit more accessible to people who haven't gotten to that place in their personal spirituality where you can just put Jesus on the altar and the rest is done. You know, it, it, it is a uniquely Catholic thing because we do have the real presence. Um, so when someone, especially a Catholic who's not been to adoration for a long, long time, would come to something like this, we were very keenly aware of that and so we've structured it in such a way that people can follow along. We have the little booklets, but there's also, they're not just like thrown out there. We give a little bit of an introduction. We give a, a way of an explanation. And so far, it seems people have really, really gotten into that part of it. And I think they're appreciating the fact that, you know, there's Jesus. <laughs> there, there, there he is. I like the way we, we adapted the benediction at the end as well, rather than just staying behind the altar like we would normally do. We're now bringing the Blessed Sacrament into the congregation and doing benedictions there and praying for particular healings because if you encounter Jesus, he's going to say, what do you want to be healed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that closeness, I mean, it's something that we as Catholics, I guess we can take that for granted, but it's so important to our faith. I mean, this is, we have a sacramental faith. Tangibles are how we express ourselves in worship. And it's not as a crutch, like uh, some people might say of Catholics, but rather God made us physical. He made us to have senses and he made us in a world with physical things. So he communicates to us through those things and through the person of Jesus Christ and the tradition of the church has handed down how to do that transmission. You know, it was funny during the lockdowns, I think a lot of Catholics came to appreciate just how tangible we are. You know, anybody can preach the word, anybody can give a good sermon, but you know, we have our holy water, we have incense, we have the blessed sacrament, taste and see, take this, take and eat my body. That's something about Catholicism that is the powerful part of it, that we, that we are in touch with reality and the reality is right there in front of us. So it's a great thing. Um, anything further on this first part that you wanted to throw in, or we pretty uh, much... Well, yeah, well, uh, two qu- quick things. One's quick, one maybe I have actually a question for you about, and this will lean on your expertise as a priest. But uh, again, just the, the way he breaks down that first part of the book where he takes it in stride, talking about Jesus as a teacher and then Jesus as a healer. And these are all in his, his way of talking to help us trust Jesus. And then he closes out the section 
with the idea of the beloved son. And of course, Jesus is the beloved son of the father. But through Jesus, we also are adopted sons and daughters of God. And at the heart of all of the wounds is this broken sense of that identity. Because if there are other broken relationships in our lives, then we have this broken sense of self. But God will always see us as a beloved son of daughter. He's not going to love everything we do per se. <laughs> we need to you know, repent of the things that he doesn't really love that we do. But he does love us. He has, through Jesus Christ, adopted us as his sons and daughters. And resting in that identity is key to the healing process. And Dr. Bob does tease that out in this first there section. There has been nothing more uh, poignant in the whole salvation history than all of the familial images you get. And if you're a good family, and let's face it, every family's dysfunctional in some way, shape, manner, or form, but if you're a good family, you still keep trying. And a parent won't, won't just throw their kids out and they won't reject them. And No, all right, so we have to regroup. We have to do this again. We have to start from the beginning, but we're gonna get there. And that's the beauty, I think, of Catholicism. Yes, amen. Okay, and the other thing is, and this leans again on you as a priest, he brings up in towards the beginning of the book, uh, how he was at this uh, retreat experience called Christ Renews His Parish. And he was blocked at some point from fully engaging with the retreat that he brought back to having some sort of spiritual oppression. I guess he had mentioned he had gotten, he he became familiar with some sort of occult materials a couple years prior, and those were just sitting in the background. So forget about just the physical impediments that we can have or our other psychological blocks. Let's talk a bit about the spiritual oppression from the enemy that can hamper us in our pathways toward trusting God and having some of that healing. And if you have any experience dealing with that as a priest, please. I, of course I have. I mean, probably the most beautiful moments that I've celebrated healing is in the, in the confessional. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've had people who come in who have been carrying 25, 30 years of sin. And they don't, a lot of times, it's like, I don't know where to begin. Um, and that's, that's when your pastoral side really has to kick in because any priest will tell you, you'll start with first calming them down because they're usually worked <laughs> up. And like, you know, they, they, they think it's going to be like the good old days back when, you know, father's going to drop a hammer on them. And, How dare you come in here unprepared? <laughs> uh, we don't do that anymore, folks. Well, I don't do that. And most priests I know don't do that. But when they come in and you can see the burden that they're carrying and you know now, like the road to Emmaus, I'm going to have to walk with you. I'm going to have to open your eyes to all of the suffering that your sin has caused you. And then I'm going to get to say those words. And you are now free of all of that. You are absolved of all of that. And just to watch people's faces sometimes in those moments, you can't make it up. It's just a beautiful, beautiful encounter with Jesus Christ. So by, by far, I've also been in healing services. I have had the opportunity as a priest to anoint the dying. I have had the opportunity as a priest to pray over people who have physical maladies and have seen people's physical maladies cured. So it does happen. Does it happen for everybody? As he says in the book, like maybe 25%. A good portion of them are not the physical healing that they were looking for. Like I said earlier, there's something else. Um, I've seen that something else many a time. I remember one situation. A, a woman had been in a horrible marriage, so beat up by the first husband, so emotionally destroyed by the husband, and now she had to go through the annulment process. 
And I walked the journey with her. Rather than just throwing the paper out there and say, fill all this in and give it back to the chancellor, I walked it with her. And I'm telling you, it was, it was a very deep and moving experience for me to watch her as she healed of that pain and then to witness her new marriage. It was just, again, I'm getting some goosebumps. Because <laughs> I, I just, it, as I think about it even, it was just such a beautiful healing moment. And you can't, you can't replace that. You can't, you can't put that in a bottle. Oh, now this has turned into a plug for the priesthood. Hear that, young man? If you become a priest, you'll get to have all these good moments. Oh, there's a, there's, <laughs> you know, they, they think our lives are so boring, like the, like the Maytag repairman waiting for something to come in. And that's not the case. You know, every day we're encountering people and we're given an opportunity. And this I will say, we're, as priests, we're given an opportunity every day to either be there and be Jesus or to hide. And I prefer to be there. Amen. Praise God for that and praise God for you, Father Peter. You know, I praise God, period, because, well, God deserves all the praise, but neither here nor there. Um, as, I, as we're bringing this podcast to a close right now, just a reminder, if you can, feel free to share this podcast. And if you're following us on whatever platform you're following us on, make sure you do that follow or subscribe or whatever so that you can get updates and notifications. Um, it really does help us and it helps expand our ministry here of trying to reach people, especially those maybe that wouldn't have had any encounter with something Catholic in their life. So if it's shared and someone sees it or hears it, boom, we're on the right track. So I appreciate all that uh, support you can give. So final word, Randy? No, I think you summed it up. Just um, if you uh, haven't gotten a copy of the book yet, unfortunately, we did run out in the parish, but you can still get it uh, on Amazon or just check out the St. John Paul II Healing Center, where is the home of uh, Dr. Bob Schutz's materials and a lot of other great resources. Actually, no, I do have a final word. Um, <laughs> I knew you did. You always do. Uh, he does have a... Um, he does do these healing weekend retreats, and they actually have a virtual one coming up at the end of the month. Uh, the price tag is a little bit much for, I think, most budgets, but if you can swing it, it's well worth it. A week of some live videos with Dr. Bob and Sister Miriam, as well as pre-recorded videos, and it's self-paced. So the busiest people in the world can go on this retreat and seek healing. And on that note, why don't we ask God to heal us all? First off, please pray for me, pray for Randy as we minister to the people of God. And know that we pray for you. We really do. We know that there's a lot of situations out there, a lot of difficulties and a lot of problems and the only real resolution to it all is prayer. And so if, as a, a community coming together, we can pray for one another. Think of the miracles that are going to happen. So let me close with a blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.